0: And we're going. So we were just talking about the podcasts that you listen to. And you listen to a lot of NPR, like just quick ten minute like snippets of the news, and that's how you get your news.
1: Yep. Yeah, okay. I listen to the news. I have a New York Times podcast. Uh not podcast, uh <clears throat> the app, whatever.
0: Oh, okay, right. Right. Yeah, the
1: New York Times app, so you can see all the current news and whatnot. Yeah. Uh but yeah, just something, just so I can quickly get the news and not really have that much
0: opinion coming, like we were talking about. Um, just a sec, you're cutting in and out. I don't know if you hear that. Like, a, um, so you might want to move the mic up a little bit. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I okay, think that's good. Fine? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good way to get your news because if you if you sit there and you dive into it too deep and you're wondering like why did this bomb go off like you had mentioned or like Mm -hmm. who set that bomb off or like like what interest did the united states have in it and like what what initiated some of these things it can cause you to kind of have an opinion or paint a narrative to like where you're just i don't know like you're you become biased in a sense yeah yeah as opposed to just finding out what's going on and then going about your day it can it can make you crazy yeah, I could take it <laughs> a little crazy. Do you ever just check like, out from the news? All the time,
1: all the time. Like once in a while, I mean, I'm not even on Facebook for weeks at a time. Just, just too much information. I like to just go about my day, go work out and whatnot, go home, enjoy. Once in a while, lay back, play video games, but getting into what's happening in the world, it's important. It's very important to be involved in the world, to understand what's happening. Uh, to understand the politics, to understand the science, understand all these different things, but then it could just be, it could get just depressing. It really can too much information.
0: It's, it is absolutely too much information. And I, and the thing is, like, you would never think that too much information's a, a bad thing. But when you're, like, every morning when you wake up and you have these alerts on your phone, like, this is what happened while you were sleeping, and that's the first thing you see every single day, like, that sets the tone for Turn your day. Turn
1: those notifications off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just see exactly what you would need, your calendar alerts and whatnot. if you really have that extra time of day to jump into a podcast, then jump into it. but uh, yeah it just it just overwhelms you having all those notifications every single day. I used to do that,
0: yeah, yeah, just read them all day long,
1: yeah, you'd read them all day long, and you wouldn't get the you wouldn't get the notifications you actually need, mm. Uh, the important notifications, the important emails and whatnot they actually need. You'd have all these other notifications from...
0: Well, isn't it based on like your algorithms and the type mm-hmm. of things that you typically... Like, so like if, for instance, I see one thing pop up on my phone that's about a war or something, and I click on that and I start reading it, um, I'm more likely to get other articles that are that are like that, correct? Well,
1: yeah, but that in general war is going to generate more clicks per article regardless people are more excited about war more excited about other people dying than
0: a kitten getting saved in a tree <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to say what does that say about humanity <laughs> oh we're just m-
1: we're more pro- we're more we're more driven to see the bad things and the good things i mean it's yeah. just uh, if you're a caveman you're going to be more interested in seeing the tiger running after you than a nice steak sitting on your plate mm. i mean just because it's really good for you and you really like it doesn't mean that you're going to be directly attended to it.
0: That's one thing I, I witnessed not too long ago, and it was kind of interesting because uh, I've interviewed all these different people who have have inspiring stories mm-hmm. of overcoming or starting businesses or just whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But then I interview one politician who is kind of against the grain a little bit, who people don't like, and, and maybe for good reasons, but you just sit there and talk to them and just have a normal conversation with them, and people want to attack you and they just jump on you. Mm-hmm. like, like, like pounce on you. Whereas you don't maybe get as much of that on an episode that would be inspiring or inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, it was interesting to see.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, I travel a lot and it's like hotel apps, uh, or for any type of reviews, you're more likely going to see a dozens and dozens of bad reviews than a good mm-hmm. one. People just love to, Tell you what's wrong than what's right. (laughs) I mean, most people I know don't come home every day and say to their wife or spouse, "Man, I had a wonderful day. I interact with all those people." No, they're going to talk about the one bad things. This one guy that slighted them. um, I stepped on a nail or something. Mm. They're going to tell what what's wrong with their life than what's right. Yeah, because everybody finds that more interesting or more prominent in their head.
0: Yeah, why is that? It's more exciting.
1: Focus on the bad more than good. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's where I get into it. I have to do a lot of uh, self mental <clears throat> prep every day. Just look in the mirror and think about what's good, and what's happening in your life that's good. Uh, what am I blessed with? What am I happy with? That kind of thing.
0: How do you do that? Do you like meditate? Do you, just, you do that first thing when you wake up? Mm-hmm.
1: You just set time out of your day before you start interacting with people, and you get your head right. You get your head. In a place that makes the world a lot better around you. You're not looking at everybody like they're gonna rob you or something. You look at everybody like they're a they're a great thing to have
0: around you. Uh, Some people are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> But but it the thing is like when you get your head right, like you said, the people who are shitty people, mm-hmm. when they are around you and your head is correct and you're in a good space, they don't typically bother you as much. Like if Never. they're rude to you, you're just kinda mm-hmm. off off the back a little bit. Never. Water off the back.
1: And, and that's another thing. I just have a rule. Water up, Never, is it water under the bridge? Water that's under the bridge. Water under the bridge. That was a bad analogy. Water over the bridge. Water, water under, over the under the, the aqueduct. Or whatever whatever <laughs> you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want. Uh, but yeah, it's just, I just go into every conversation assuming the person has my best intentions in mind. Mm. If they don't, I mean, I'm not putting myself out there that where I'm going to get hurt. I yeah. i just being common sense. Yeah. But it's just assuming that they're going to do, be doing right by you just where, makes your life a lot
0: easier. Where did you learn that? How did you learn that? Because I think it's easy, and I, I'm guilty of it, too, especially, like, in the kind of work I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work around, like, blue-collar workers. It's easy to kind of get in the mentality of, like, man, like, that person sucks or they suck at their job. Like, they're they not learning quickly. It's it's easy to get, like, like entangled in negativity. Mm-hmm. Where did you learn that? Did you learn that at a young age? I mean, you're not that old. You're the same age as me, but yeah. like, when did you learn that?
1: I just learned it from, uh, God, when I was in my early twenties, my late twenties now, but, uh, <laughs> how does that feel so by the way? <laughs> does it feel like old? It feels you feel awkward. It kind of feels weird. Yeah. I yeah. don't feel old. I just feel, it just kind of feels weird being 28. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: weird. I'm 28 I and I, I have know. a gray patch in my facial hair really i'm not happy about it i know
1: weren't you balding when you're in your early 20s i was
0: i was yeah i had a bald. had like the thing is i had three bald spots that were like the size of a quarter and um it was due to stress and i moved out when i was 17 and then like three months later it grew back so i'm glad (laughs) it grew (laughs) back but then like recently my wife's like you have a bald spot in the back of your head i'm like what and so I'm like feeling, I'm like, I do have a bald spot. Uh-huh. I'm like, I wonder if I'm stressed. I don't and know.
1: And that, uh, yeah, and that's just where being positive about your life, meditating every day. Yeah. Taking five minutes just to, I mean, I know you have kids and whatnot, but. Yeah. I can't imagine if you can take that kind of time in your day. Even five minutes is hard.
0: Uh, I mean, you can wake up earlier.
1: You can always wake up earlier, but then you lose sleep. And sleep is the best meditation of all.
0: It is. But it's also good to to like for instance, I wake up early anyways because I have mm-hmm. to go to work at a certain time. So, yep. like if I wake up five minutes early and I come to my gym and I just lay there and I meditate. <laughs> Why are you are laughing?
1: Well, I was just thinking about my gym because you have to go in person. So I was thinking about that meditating while you're in a. Oh, in, but right. no, you have your gym in, in your house.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just say the gym because that's like yeah. the most like exclusive point in the house where nobody's really going to bother you there. But if I go there and I just meditate, you know, it, it'll set the tone for my day. And yeah. if it takes only five minutes to do that, it's not, it but you could so also do better. that. You could also do that in bed.
1: Yeah. but think you want to fall asleep. That is true. You want to fall back <laughs> asleep. No, you need to get up out of bed and yeah, get somewhere else.
0: The thing is, is like when I, I used to wake up every morning before work, like an hour to an hour and a half and I'd run eight miles before work every day. And it would set the tone for my day. I'm not even kidding. It felt like, so much better. I felt, I felt great. Like, yeah. I'd be going to work, and um, I'd be wide awake and in a great mood. And all my coworkers are still drinking their coffee, and they're kind of, like, trying to wake up. and Throwing back their energy drinks. Yeah, you know, throwing back their energy drinks, smoking cigarettes on their breaks. And,
1: oh, man. I just, <laughs> I just don't know how you could start your day like that. Like, I'd wake up and run three to four miles in the morning a lot of mm. times. I try to. I yeah. don't do it every day be honest here. Um, but yeah, I make you you just got to make a serious effort to start your day off with getting your heart rate up, getting your mind clear and just starting it with a positive attitude.
0: One thing I realized too, with running in the morning is it's not easy. It's not, not an easy task to do. Even if you're in running shape, waking up early to go do something physical is not easy. So when you push yourself to do something that's difficult, all the other bullshit in the day, like people being rude to you at work or like just a bad work day, it really does not bother you. No. It makes your day so much easier.
1: It's just the best prep in the world. Yeah. But uh but yeah.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red bike delivery is there for all your delivery needs. Whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection, Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. So you live in San Antonio now, right? Yep. When did you move there? Is uh, that, bother- that mic bothering you?
1: No, no, I, I, was, I thought I saw something. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see all types of technology, so I'm looking at it a quarter of my eye. Nope, that's not what I thought I saw. <laughs> um, but no, San Antonio, I moved there at the beginning of June. Last uh, year? No, this year. Oh, this year. No, I just moved there. Uh, so I travel a lot for work. So I moved there at the beginning of June, had a week to set up and whatnot, and then flew directly out back to work. Whoa. My work wants me to currently stay on the East Coast for until September. Okay. So I, uh, just for last week, just to give uh, some examples. Went to New York, went to Connecticut. I'm just going to say Connecticut because it's such a small state. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows New York, but when you say Conne- a small city in Connecticut, nobody's going to know, so I just gave yeah. the entire state. Uh, and then flew down to Pittsburgh and then flew over to Washington, D.C. Whoa.
0: Yep. What is that like? Is it, is it fun to travel that much? Is it exhausting? I'm sure it's exhausting. It's
1: exhausting and, yeah, it's just exhausting. But you do get to see a lot of neat things. It, it, it's also just about being a, being open to new things, just trying to say seeing new attractions. Like one day I was in New York, just went for a walk around Central Park. Never been there before. Oh, okay, that's neat. Uh, if I was there again, I'd probably go to uh, the Empire State Building. It's just being open to to whatever's in the area. That's very cool. Do you get to take your wife with you, or no? That that. That takes too much, or it costs too much, and my my work won't pay for that. But oh, right, <laughs> right.
0: So you're on the road essentially every week. Yep. Every day.
1: Well, in two weeks, I'll be do at be I'll be at home doing server stuff. So I'll be fixing medical servers, getting patient data, moving around, and whatnot.
0: What is it exactly that you do?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> 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 no, so. Uh, the main part of my job is making sure all this medical equipment is up and running. Uh, there's no issues hap- happening with it. All the doctors and physicists are all happy with the machines. Again, two, different, two very different kind of people. Apparently, I didn't know this before I went to this job. People that do uh, radiation, so this is for radiation oncology. Uh, these machines are for positioning a patient, making sure the tumor is in the right location, and then performing the treatment for that. So what I work with is x-ray machines, and that's for viewing where the patient's at, so all of the different imaging equipment can line up correctly. Uh, Then I also work with different type of camera, 3D and thermal cameras, all these different things, just ensuring that the patient's receiving the minimum amount of dose of radiation while doing this treatment.
0: How much radiation do they receive?
1: Very little. I mean, it's... I couldn't explain it in layman's terms. I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's not enough to, again, cause any problems down the line. It's mm. just going to be enough to treat the area that they're looking at. Okay. So this is within a 2, million mil- two millimeter tolerance. Okay. So only radiation is getting um, within that line. So it still crosses areas we probably would prefer not to. But uh, the radiation is only hitting for that primary target.
0: How did you get into this field? I mean, I remember you back and we went to school together. Yeah. Um, if, for the people who don't know, but um, you were always kind of a, like a smart kid. You are extremely smart. I don't even know how we were like as, like I, associated or I never like acquaintances. Even smart. <laughs> you are. You were always smart. Smarter than me.
1: Uh, I didn't say <laughs> that, but that, that's just me being humble. I mean, I I don't try to. I'm not that smart, but.
0: Well, you were smart. You were considered one of the smart kids in school. Okay. Um, That's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good thing because you're successful. That's that's a good thing. That's a really good thing.
1: I think anybody could be successful even if they didn't do good in school. I mean, school is no indication for success. Right. I agree. It's just how hard you want to push yourself every day. I agree. That's what with good indication what
0: i mean though is that you were successful in school and that helped set you up for a, like going to college and becoming successful in your career yeah and you're able to get like a um uh i don't know a good career out of it i guess oh. essentially so um what made you want to go into that field because i think i remember talking to you when you were, we were we were in school still and you were telling me you wanted to be a doctor mm-hmm. is that correct yeah yeah
1: all right, so a long, long trip. Worked as a nursing assistant for eight years uh, between there and here. Went to LCC, MSU, uh, somewhere through MSU. Someone brought up, you want to do research. You want to create things. Why the hell are you becoming a doctor? Why not just an engineer? And I was already going for engineering because I thought, well, that all set me apart, and I'm like, I like this. I like engineering. I like building stuff, and I was like, well, okay, I'll just – Stopped being going for being a doctor. Took every single class I needed to take. <laughs> I could have just went right into med school. No. Wow. Uh, so I have all that knowledge for all that prerequisites for being a doctor. But I also am an engineer. Um, so I want. I still want to do this. I uh, when I was at MSU, you you, you can look this up. Uh, I me and some buddies actually created a team called StarX where we developed exoskeleton suits like Iron Man suit and whatnot oh, okay. for firefighters. Um, it uses robotics technology. The suit itself can lift 50 pounds. Wow. It's strapped down to the user and whatnot. So it's just for an everyday person. It's to help, say, a firefighter run up a running burning building, kick down a door and whatnot.
0: What was it made out of?
1: Uh, aluminum. Okay. Yeah, just some simple aluminum parts. Did uh, it have like, uh, like springs actuation. or something? No, uh, robotic actuation units. Oh. So I was actually part of the – so when I first started that team – uh, I was part of the team that actually developed the EMG sensors, put right directly on the muscle, so that I could read the person's uh, what the person wants to do with their muscle, and the suit will do it with them. Whoa! So that's what I was a part of in during my college experience. I was very fortunate to meet a group of people that wanted to do that, and you now has like a hundred members of that of that club. Wow! Yeah,
0: I know. That's crazy. So you create you your group created that?
1: Yes, we did. We uh, I was mostly on the biofeedback side little nice word to use that having device that's able to work with biology and whatnot, get the work with the user to do what you want it to do.
0: So from then has it taken off at all? Is it?
1: Yep. Uh, this year. So I'm no longer on the team or not. Obviously I'd, I, I right. tried to push for it to only be an undergraduate team so that only they could do it. But yeah, they, uh, competed with a couple of univers a couple schools from Canada, a couple schools from, uh, Colorado, Florida, uh, University of Michigan. They're the ones who actually started this, uh, the whole uh, the whole idea of developing the suits. Okay. Uh, but no, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, it really made everybody, I mean, everybody said, screw classes. This is the most informative thing we could be doing to learn how to be an engineer. Because we did all of the FEA analysis, finite element analysis on the suit that tested the weak points, uh, the same kind of technology that's used to for developing cars, um, ensuring that everything the safety ratings are correct. Um, we did a lot of electrical work. We did a lot of control work, so learning how to program, learning how to implement those biofeedback sensors into the programming, learning how to work with uh, soft robotics. That's probably another um, weird term. It's uh, it's a pneumatic system that it's like a. Let me really think of a good analogy so imagine a mesh outside of a balloon so when that me- when the balloon inflates that mesh will actually cause it to, co- to collapse so it creates kind of like a a human muscle kind of um yeah. organization for robotics so whenever yeah the mesh in, or whenever the balloon expands the mesh will then it'll push against the mesh and the mesh will cause it to uh compress colla- Yep yeah, compress so that creates about 50 pounds of pressure which is okay. perfect for a exoskeleton Whoa. I think nowadays they're, they're going back to using servos, though, because, yeah, for undergraduates, that was a bit, uh, we still want to win the competition. It was a cool research, but, yeah, servers are, servers are a, little, a little bit easier to use, a little more user-friendly.
0: Okay. <laughs> wow, that is so crazy. Now, have they, imp- have they deployed these anywhere
1: not yet. No, no. we've. Ha- I think I've. When I was president of that club, I was. I got a bunch of offers from other companies to buy it out. Really? Yeah. Holy cow! But no, I, I was adamant. This is only for students. I want this club to continue because it's the best resource for any student to work on for, because uh, they have it? other far- car clubs and whatnot. But no, for biomedical, that was the only club there. Holy cow! Uh, See, so yeah, I was like, no, that's. It's just keep it as a biomedical co- club and. Don't sell it. Don't sell it.
0: And it can only get better from there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, you guys invented it and then, or developed it. And then from there can only get better.
1: Yeah. I think it, it runs off of $20,000 a year. Wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's insane. That's not a lot of money.
1: No, it's not a lot of money, <laughs> but but for students, imagine this though. So parts are not very much money and the students are free.
0: Mm. So that makes it easy. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of one of the things that's free labor, yeah, and it's not necessarily a good thing, right? Because, like, well, I have a friend whose um, sister went to OSU, mm-hmm. and she just got graduated with her uh, PhD, and I think in um, I can't remember what it was; might have been like biology. Mm-hmm. But she was always doing these uh, research research prog- projects. Can't talk today. Uh, I stayed up too late last night. Went to a comedy show and <laughs> like drank too a little too much. Which was only two beers, but I don't usually drink. So, um, anyways, um, yeah. So she would always do these research projects, but she would—I think she gets paid, but not much. Uh, do you get paid for them, right? Research projects, uh, dip-
1: like when you you're writing for a PhD. Yeah, yeah, you get paid for that. But you have to so for a PhD, you have to apply for national grants. Normally, the college themselves don't have enough money to pay for the. Mm-hmm. Because uh, at that point the uh the professor has to then pay out of their own pocket and they don't oh, normally okay. have the funding for that.
0: Okay. But you get notoriety for it. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Which you is... still get
1: you still get that.
0: Yeah. I don't remember where we were going with that.
1: <laughs> uh we were talking about how students aren't getting paid for uh for doing this club research. But the thing is nobody's getting paid. Nobody's making any money right. off of this. Right. Like I would have these students, a few of them, I would have them, I would have them send to Philadelphia or something to the National Biomedical um, Conference, and they would get put up in hotels. They don't have to pay for it. I would always ensure that the college would pay for all that stuff. Um, so they would get research experience and want to decide if they want to go into to get their PhD or something. So that was the biggest thing with this club is it wasn't really about the building. It was about building better engineers. Mm. It was about making prof- professional engineers – yeah, just making them more comfortable with in their own skin, with uh, working with things, with believing in themselves, that kind of thing. Right. That's cool.
0: That's extremely cool. I didn't. I wasn't aware that MSU had something like that.
1: Yeah, they also have uh, car clubs. So like engineering car clubs. Yep. So they have a solar car. Oh yeah. So they They have an entire club that's devoted to building be- the best solar car that.
0: Yeah. That's they possibly. have like a, an electric bus that drives around campus. Do they have that now? Yeah, it's plugged in right around the corner. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I was
1: hearing they were going to have an automated uh, electric bus at some point. Yeah,
0: they have it, and I've seen them, like, using it, like, in a parking lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've actually used it, used it, but, yeah, it's there. Uh, I just can't imagine what's going to happen during the winter.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, the only, that's the only thing I can't imagine. When
0: it, like, slides on ice or whatever. When it
1: slides, when you have... Uh, you have other people, pedestrians, that's sliding around as well. Right. I mean, it's not just the bus right. itself. It's having to recognize that there's ap- constant obstacles
0: around you. You would think that it could sense what kind of terrain it's on, and if yeah. it start starts getting slick, it would slow down.
1: Yeah, and I think it would probably. I mean, I can't imagine they're going to even
0: run it during the winter when there's right. a lot of snow. I mean, I bet right. they would
1: just bring back regular CATA buses at that point.
0: Yeah, or they might just have regular CATA buses as well as that. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine how much one of those things cost. Oh, man. Like I, you're probably looking at like at least two hundred thousand dollars or more.
1: Easily, I mean, I could even imagine into the millions.
0: Yeah, because uh, yeah, each one of those right.
1: cameras would cost just each one of the sensors cameras would probably cost ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars.
0: Well, I mean, if you're looking at like a like a Tesla, like the, one of the high end ones, you're probably look, looking at like over a hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a at least a fifteen passenger van or. Boss. yeah. So yeah, you're you're probably right. Like, and then you have all the people million. that
1: have to take care of it and whatnot. <sighs> all the support, spe- all the support uh, technicians and whatnot.
0: What is your um? You you said you wanted to get into electric vehicles. Um, but what's your idea and perspective of our infrastructure for electric vehicles? Do you think we are capable of fully switching over?
1: Depends what side of the country you're on. Um, if you're in the middle of the country, say kansas or even south dakota or something like that they might not have the infrastructure uh for that kind of thing but if you're in the east coast easily i mean i used to drive up and down traveling all the time on the east coast from new york all the way down to dc all the way down even further than that um and yeah there'd be electric car charging in every single station i mean that wasn't a big deal yeah but it just once you get out west i am not sure what the uh, current (laughs) capacity is
0: Especially going I up mean, and it's, up and down mountains, like you're probably using a lot more power. Oh yeah, energy power I can't, I or battery even, power. I mean,
1: I think my car is a hybrid. And when I was traveling back out west, what do you have? Um, a Chevy Equinox. Mm. It's a
0: GM vehicle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that that's a nice car. I like it. Um, I used I
0: used to have an Equinox. It was a good car. It was um. I think it was a 2008 or seven, something like that. Mm. Um, it was nice.
1: Yeah. It gets me around. I mean, it has good gas mileage. That's yeah. why I got it with all this traveling. I don't want to, I don't have to pay for any of my expenses but still. Yeah. I try not to have to stop every five minutes for gas. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah. um, Electric car capability across the country. Yeah. It just depends where you live. You yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine some rancher in Wyoming getting an electric truck. They want to mm. stay, or even electric, uh, tractor or any of that. There just isn't the cap- capability. But if you're a here in Michigan, I don't see why not. Unless maybe you're in the boonies up in the UP.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that it just depends where you're staying. It Depends. I mean, each person has their own life. I mean, yeah. If you travel a lot and you're always in the backwoods, no, of course not. But if you're going back and forth to the city, why not?
0: I guess my concern is that a lot of these automakers, including GM, is going to fully switch over um, to electric vehicles. I mean, I think they might still make gasoline-powered vehicles, like trucks. Yeah. But as far as, like, other vehicles, like SUVs and everything else, I think they're going to well, you Well, you could
1: jerry-rig it j- where you can have a uh, diesel or diesel generator in the back and then plug it in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only an engineer would think of that
1: <laughs> you can always jerry rig it so you can incorporate some type of gas if you really need, if you really feel like you need the gas
0: that's not a bad idea
1: um yeah get one of those trucks get a couple of generators there you go
0: <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah no I think the I think it's going to get a lot better I mean I've been looking at a lot of cool technologies coming up with batteries they're probably going to start getting 1,000 to 2,000 miles per charge. Holy cow. Easily. With the new battery technology that's coming out, easily get up there. Uh, it's just going to take time. Yeah. And the technology's still getting developed. I mean, the only reason why people started developing it right now, why the money's in there, is just because electric vehicles are starting to come out. Yeah. Uh, they haven't been out for, what, 10 years now? Not really.
0: No. I mean, Elon Musk was the first to do it. And then everybody kind of jumped on board when. Um, uh, I mean, from what I understand, uh, like GM, for instance, jumped yeah. on board when they when Biden pushed the Green New Deal or whatever, um, and he wanted things to switch over by I think twenty thirty five, it is Something or like twenty thirty even, which isn't that far away.
1: I don't even think government really needs to jump in anymore with that. I mean, I think
0: yeah, everybody's yeah, are already doing it. Yeah, they tend to. Yeah. Um, however, I know that GM was planning on doing it at a later date. Mm-hmm. They met with the president and they decided that they were going to do it even sooner I think
1: 2050 was their original target goal and then they yeah. were pushed into 2030
0: but yeah it's, it's only a couple um, of years away
1: no i can't wait to see it i mean it's all about getting the prices of the cars just low enough for people mm. to actually buy them yeah i think currently they're just way too expensive
0: i mean a regular vehicle is expensive yeah <laughs> a gasoline vehicle yeah it is i mean when we bought our truck um Right before COVID. Actually it was like during COVID. I actually got COVID buying the truck. Oh. And uh I got it pretty bad. And we we had to wear masks too. We were in there and um we had we had masks on and then I was getting ready to leave, jumped in the truck. The guy walked out and he's like showing me things in the truck. <laughs> he's like, Hey, it does this and this and this, and he's in the window and I don't have a mask, and he doesn't have a mask because yep. I was leaving I wasn't expecting him to come out. And uh yeah. The next day went to work and instantly, just like that, I like was sitting at, at my job on break and I, f- I felt a fever and I just felt like I was, I felt like I was going to die. Oh my God. I mean, I didn't, that is funny though. I didn't think I was going to die, but like it felt like death.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's funny cause I haven't gotten COVID. No. My traveling. Oh my God. Nothing, not nothing. I go to hospitals. I go everywhere you would think I would get COVID. Nothing. Oh my God. Me or my, my wife. Nothing.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. You're going to get COVID now. Yeah, I know. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. I'm saying, come on, hit me. <laughs> well, hopefully you get the latest version of it. It won't be that bad. Oh, I'm triple vaccinated. It's not going to hit me. Yeah. Even if it does. Yeah. Even if I do get it. You'll brush it right off. Yeah.
1: As long as you're vaccinated. I mean, you're not going to feel the effects as if you you weren't. I mean, yeah. That's the whole point.
0: Yeah. When, uh, when I got it, it was before anything was out. Before anything. Yeah. Oh. And, uh. Yeah, that was, it was bad. It was the Delta variant, so it was, I got hit, hit pretty hard. But, yeah, our, our whole family got in. We were fine.
1: I, I hear it's like you're, you're dying for a solid day, though.
0: Um, I would say it was like for us, it was like two or three days, and yes. then after that, the side effects lasted like two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. And it was like loss of taste and smell, and the taste was a weird thing because um, it was weird because you'd get cravings still. Like I would have cravings for like chocolate or something, and I would eat something that's chocolate, <laughs> wouldn't taste it, but then I'd feel satisfied that I oh, like awesome. satisfied that craving. I'm like, that is so weird.
1: I think I would have then just started testing the most random things I would have thought <laughs> that would taste horrible. I don't know. I just went out and had Indian food and just see if I could get sp- the most spicy thing possible. <laughs> you don't like Indian food? No, I like Indian food, oh, but I'm okay. just imagining like, going to the, to an Ethiopian restaurant and right, the most spicy right. thing possible and seeing if you'd feel anything. <laughs> see if without, the, without that feeling of taste. Oh my if you gosh. would still, if you, would, it would still affect you like it does.
0: Well, you would have COVID so you can't go out. Well, yeah. You could still get it ordered. I mean, <laughs> you can door dash. Yeah.
1: You can door dash yeah. it. it just, it's just a theory. It's a hypothesis. <laughs> I'm wondering how it's going to, how it affects somebody if. Uh,
0: that would be interesting.
1: How spicy I, food affects someone with uh COVID. I should have tried that. I don't know. Something <laughs> next time you could try. Yeah. Go out and get COVID. Try it again. <laughs> I'm sure everybody would
0: love that. Start licking doorknobs. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah, to the hospital,
1: like, bring me to your COVID patient, <laughs> take, me to, take me to your leader. Oh my, so what
0: was the, what was, what was work like for you during COVID? Cause you're in and out of these hospitals.
1: Well, actually funny, I just graduated with my master's degree a year ago. Oh, okay. A year ago. So yeah, I, yeah, for the last year I have been going in and out, but at the height of COVID, I was actually working in my research lab back at Michigan state. Uh, yeah, just going in like normal. I had, a uh, I had to take care of animals and whatnot, mm. so uh, they, uh, they still have to live. <laughs> I <Right. laughs> had to go in and take care of them, do all my experiments and whatnot. Um, experiments. But, what kind of experiments were you running? Well, a lot of the start of it was a lot of uh, data imi- or image analysis. So I actually was working with octopuses. Oh, uh, our cool. lab. I I was responsible. Me and a couple of people were responsible starting up a whole octopus lab when I first got there. Wow. Uh, learning how to take care of them, getting all the environmental variables set up, getting a good routine set up, all that stuff. But then. Eventually, taking cameras and viewing their movements and whatnot, trying to recreate how they move it, and then eventually going into neurobiology and trying to dissect on how they actually work, how their arms all function in collaboration for the main for a main purpose of uh, going after another animal and whatnot.
0: Were you able to figure that out?
1: No, no, we're still working on. They're still working on that. No, that, that's a lot of work. I mean, yeah. uh, learning. We don't. We barely even know how their cells, what their cells look like. Um, let alone of on how they interact with each other.
0: Is there other data out there from other universities or other people doing studies? Barely.
1: I mean wow. th- there's there's enough data for maybe an understanding of how many neurons they have, um, what their blood is made of or whatever. But actually understanding how it all works, that that was our that's our purpose. So understanding how to and then eventually being able to integrate that with robotics for prosthetics and whatnot. So imagine you have a yeah, your hands. So you have a number of senses in there that, underst- that each individual finger understands what the purpose of the overall motion wants to do. So it makes it more interactive, more um, uh, more easy for the user to actually use. Right. Um, so it's not much of a problem not putting on a hand and then having to spend three months training a person right. how to use it. Right. That's So, so imagine if you had a hand that already knew what to do. Yeah. And the person just had to put in a little bit of input. Mm. So that's, that was the whole purpose of our, of our research
0: and they're still working on it. I mean, and that's to help, um, make prosthetics be- better.
1: Yep. That's how to make prosthetics better. And then just general robotics better. Wow. But yeah.
0: That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Can people tour these labs? No, no,
1: I'm not even going to say which lab it is. Because <laughs> I don't know if there's any PETA people around.
0: Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know if there are either, but we don't need that. No. Um, now, my, my old boss would not be happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, why'd you do that? <laughs> now, when you were working there, what kind of understandings did you get from working with the octopuses?
1: What kind of understandings I did I get? What kind yeah. of uh, outcomes yeah. that I, from that research?
0: What, what kind of things did you, well,
1: did the you big, learn? The biggest thing I learned is actually learning how they... So I was able to dissect individual, their nerve cords. So in each of their arms, imagine they have their own spi- spinal cord. And each spinal cord can have its own... Uh, um, course of actions on how it wants to do something, how it wants to grab other animals, how it wants to interact with this environment. Uh, so I would dissect a small slice of their arm, about half a millimeter in size, and I would have this uh, a cool thing called a... I uh, think I have a better word for it for the listeners here. An array of an electrodes, about 20,000 electrodes in a square centimeter array. Holy cow! So twenty thousand electrodes in that little square centimeter. So you'd put this uh, piece of tissue on, it, and each one of those electrodes not only can record with the activity within the uh, the neuron or it can also stimulate the neuron. So you can actually select an array of electrodes from that twenty thousand, and it will both record and stimulate. So I and record and yeah, stimulate. Yeah. Uh, so what I would do is, yeah, just stimulate, and I would see how the how each of the neurons would interact with each other, and so what we were trying to do is define a uh, a general I'm just gonna say uses broad artificial intelligent algorithm on how the how each of these uh, neurons interacted with each other. So before we're gonna figure out how each of the arms interact with each other, we're trying to figure out how each individual arm works. Mm. Um, That's it's just a long process. Science is just a very long process on how to figure out something something simple that you would think. How does the arms work together? You, We first had to figure out how the arms work in general.
0: Right. That is so wild. Yep. That is so wild.
1: That's what I did. That's what I got my master's in.
0: (laughs) So by learning and working in that field or studying that, um, has that helped you in your career at all with prosthetics?
1: It's helped me with, uh, well, I don't work with prosthetics at the moment. Oh, you're going to. I'm going to. I actually want to start my own company eventually, uh, working with prosthetics probably for athletics first. Very cool. Not as much FDA clearance for that.
0: So you do have to have that?
1: Yeah. If you yeah. want to work in the medical field oh, right, with prosthetics, right. you have to have FDA clearance. How do you get that? Uh, proving that your machine's not going to hurt somebody.
0: Mm. And how do you do that? Studies?
1: Studies. So you have to get certain clearance for individual pe- working with individual people. Uh, strap it down to the person, doing hundreds of trials, uh, getting... I mean, initially, you'd probably just work with the university and get clearance by the university. And then from there, you would eventually once it's good enough to work with people at university, then you would start working with people in the general public. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Just making sure that there's no, no electrical feedback within the system. The system has enough safety locks and whatnot. So it's not going to cause a a, a problem. Say bend bending the person's finger backwards or something. Oh, okay. There's not going to be any long-term problems. Uh, If you're working with, other types of robotics that it's not going to pinch somebody. It's not going to cause them to bleed. not going to give them even a rash. It can't do anything.
0: Prosthetics have come so far from from the beginning, right? Oh, yeah,
1: and that's just a simple prosthetic. So then you also have the biofeedback prosthetics that's actually innervating within the person's nerve so that can get signals that the person wants to attempt to do a, a finger movement or something. Is, or a is that
0: something that's possible Yeah, right now? Yeah. Is there people that have that?
1: Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they have a... <laughs> Uh, some people have a, uh, a bunch of electrodes all over their, their. It's usually just a stump at the end of their arm at this point. Right. And they would have all those different electrodes on there. Now the problem with that is, yeah, it takes hours to get it all set up and make sure that it, each electrode is in the correct place. Um, but once it's in place, yeah, the person can pretty easily, with, with a lot of training a couple of months sometimes, uh, figure out the correct commands and how to do that. I mean, sometimes the command is not even as thorough as thinking, thinking about making your finger move. Sometimes it has to be as broad as, okay, think about blue versus a cup of water. It's thinking about different things to get an action to happen mm. so, you're, so that the robotics can correctly uh, identify what you're trying to do.
0: That is so crazy.
1: So it's training a person to think in terms of different objects or different things in general than actually just getting your finger to move.
0: So it's electrodes that are attached to the skin. Yeah. They're, they're not going into your body?
1: I think there is some initial, uh, that goes into your body, but that makes it a lot more difficult to get FDA clearance if it's going to be penetrating the person's body.
0: Right, right. That is so crazy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a field that has a lot of potential to still, uh, to still yeah, improve on. I mean, there's not even that much, uh, military hardware out there that oh. deals with, I mean, there is a lot for healthy individuals to use prosthetics to use exoskeletons at this point, but for right. prosthetics itself, it's, it's solely for, uh, for, indiv- for companies, for independent contractors right. to work with. Right. To for, s-
0: for study. Yep. That is so crazy. Yeah. That is so cool. I'll have to, I'm going to have to do a deep dive on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna well, send, send me an email and
1: I can, uh, okay. And I can send you all the research because I've done okay. industry research on
0: that'd be so cool. that'd, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. We um, at GM have, uh, they had a, through ergonomics, they had an exoskeleton thing. And it wasn't anything near what you're working on, but it was just like a suit and it, like I don't know if it had springs or whatever, but whenever you go to lift your arm up, and I was part exobionics. of this. Exobionics. Yeah, that might have been what it's called. Um, they call it exos- exoskeleton. Yeah. Um, but... It was just, it was basic, this basic little harness thing that you'd wear. And then it would, you know, if you lifted your arm up, it would help assist. And it was kind of uncomfortable because when you're working in like a factory, it's warm, especially in the summertime, it's hot. Like you just don't want to wear it. But if you're someone who has like shoulder problems and you struggle with like um, shoulder pain or back pain or any kind of pain, really, Mm -hmm. that thing is great. Oh, I can imagine. So
1: then it's just, man, just thinking about that, just just hearing a couple of problems that you came up with, I can think of different ways to uh, implement cooling lines to run through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make the user cool down to maybe make it a little more slimmer and that kind of thing. Just general problems that I can see that can easily be solved.
2: Yeah.
0: How would you do that?
1: What, to make it slimmer? Yeah. Well, I'd probably go into soft robotics. So soft robotics, uh, instead of those huge servos, I would run little tiny lines of those uh yeah flexible tubes that way they can just run right along your skin oh and that way they cuz they're not they're not metal they're not they don't interact poorly with a person's skin that you can right. just wear like a little undergarment or something okay and then you'd run all these lines filled with cold uh, air or fluid or something
0: how much would something like that cost like a suit like or not a suit but you know like a it's like an upper body yeah. suit i guess
1: oh <coughs> to initially develop it Two hundred thousand to initially pr- to then mass oh. produce it, twenty ten, oh ten thousand. Wow. Okay. Once once you start mass producing it, I mean everything gets cheaper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but, but just to initially figure out how to to develop it, to get everything perfected and whatnot, two hundred, if not a million dollars, easily. Mm-hmm. Any type of big product like that easily costs a million dollars to develop. I mean, it's not just the the stuff itself; it's the the paying somebody, paying the software developer, paying the person to make it look nice Mm,
0: yeah (laughs) yeah because that matters yeah it really does nobody wants just a bunch of wires hanging out no (laughs) yeah no i seen ford had something and it was really interesting it was an exoskeleton suit but it was um for people who were working on the line and i think it was like if they had to squat down it would help assist them so like essentially they're sitting in a chair when they squatted down yeah you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the
1: same company that was working with GM. Okay, that was the exact same uh, technologies.
0: Okay, yeah, that I, I was I was really hoping GM would impl- implement that, but the they sitting the,
1: the 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 chair thing. Yeah. Oh, but you it can, would you make you can make one.
0: I'm sure you could.
1: <laughs> I was like, you can make one. I could. Yeah, just get a go to a prosthetic store and you can get a knee brace that locks up. Mm. Simple as that. Hmm. <laughs> what <laughs> you're am I thinking I about to, it?
0: Am I might have to do that. Yeah, no. just get a, just get a
1: just get an orth, ortho uh, knee brace that just locks up at a certain degree angle, and that's it.
0: Huh. Well, I don't need to be any lazier, so. Okay. <laughs> but I'm uh. I'm just thinking for people who like like because at GM there's some jobs where you're like working underneath the car, and like some people are tall and they have to bend down. If you had to do that you could sk- almost squat down and then if it could lock up then that person wouldn't have to like be like this underneath the car yeah. or something.
1: Yeah, just something simple like that would probably Yeah. I mean you could even have like a little uh, V-shape something so that it would connect the two connect the two knees and have it on a hinge or something. Oh. Just to provide a little more stability. A yeah. lot of engineering problems can be done simply.
0: Yeah, I could imagine.
1: There's there's too many over that happen with engineering. People want to make things the most interesting and the most robotic and the most software-based that they can, but sometimes it could just be an easy mechanical lock. Mm. Maybe you should work for GM as an engineer. (laughs) Uh, Get out out (laughs) of the biomedical industry. Okay, I'm working
0: with cars. No, screw that. I mean, there's definitely a future. There's definitely a future in in the auto industry. However, I think the biomedical field it has a greater, greater future.
1: Oh, uh, call me when I'm, diffi- when I'm installing machines on the moon. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, believe uh, I believe you could do it. I believe you could do it.
1: Oh, no, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of room for development. I think a lot of people think that everything has been figured out. Yeah. I think there's a lot of concept, a lot of thought that it's just a lot of the easy stuff has been figured out. There's just a lot of hard things and that just takes, figuring out where to get funding
0: well we're just at the beginning of innovation yeah. really mm-hmm. i mean we look at society as like a as a whole like it like we've we've figured life out we figured everything out like we know how to we know how octopuses work yeah. well you, you just explained no. we do not no we, don't. <laughs> we really don't it's crazy
1: crazy no it's uh god i had a thought i lost it <laughs> <laughs>
0: I had a thought. So if you were to open up your own uh, practice or your own business, um, creating prosthetics and uh, whatever else you would do with it, where would you do that out of? Would you do it out of Texas or would you come back to Michigan and do it?
1: I would do that out of Texas just because my wife, she just started an MD-PhD program down there. Mm. And so we'll we'll be down there for a good 10 years. (laughs) And I'm I'm good at doing anything anywhere. I mean, there's a lot of technology companies down there. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of money that's, flowing into Texas in yeah. the next couple of years. Well, it seems to be um, everybody's moving to Texas right now. Yeah. So Everybody from California is deciding Texas is the new hot yeah. spot. I mean, it's already as hot as it is. But
0: Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk just moved there yep. with his, all his facilities and stuff.
1: I just drove by there. It's a huge Tesla factory. Oh, my gosh. The windows are all shaped like a giant T.
0: Oh, really? That is cool. That is but, really yeah, cool. it's
1: it. there's a lot of things going on in Texas. I mean, it's a new hot spot. The... Um, housing markets, fairly cheap, especially compared to California or Colorado. So it's going to be a nice place for new innovation for people to live. Uh, it's just, yeah, a little warm, (laughs) a little hot down there. I'm a guy from Michigan. So I'm like, I I enjoy going out to 30 degree. I'm talking to my barber and they're like, yeah, it gets kind of cold here in Texas, around 50 (laughs) degrees, like 50 I'm thankful for 50.
0: (laughs) I'm from uh, South Florida, so I understand. My dad, um, my biological dad, he's from Florida also. Actually, he's from Honduras, but he lives in Florida. And uh, he's actually here right now, but in Michigan. Um, but that's the thing. Like, when it's 50 degrees, he's like, man, this is cold. I'm like, this is nothing. This is beautiful weather. Maybe some shorts and a hoodie. You're good.
1: Yeah, I think... Heck even in this, whether it's 66 outside or something or 70, and I think <laughs> yeah. pants are a bit much.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely.
1: I just wear them because I'm just used to wearing them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you probably have to have a certain attire, right? When you're traveling, and yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Um, I can't remember, I was gonna say something, I don't remember what it was now. Yeah,
1: well, we kind of jumped around a little bit there.
0: We did, we jumped around a lot. Um,
1: went from technology to weather to places to live.
0: I really do think you should start a podcast though. All
1: right. Yeah, I've just been. I, I've just been kind of not waiting. I don't like the word
0: waiting. Yeah, I, just I don't feel either. It, it just feels like I'm procrastinating. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but I've just been moving around for the last couple of, for the last month. Well,
0: you're a busy guy. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is like you could literally record from your phone. I
1: know, just bad audio. <laughs> just such a bad audio.
0: It's not too bad if you put some headphones in. Yeah, yeah. I've done it. Okay, it's not bad.
1: Uh, I'll have to. I'll have to come up with a script or something to kind of. I, I like having an organization, man. Yeah. I,
0: is it does this stressing you out not having an organization? A
1: little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. No, I I wake up in the morning and I make my bed. Yeah, good. I go that's for good. a run. I it's just I like that those rules for for your mm-hmm. own life. Yeah. So just starting doing something without having any type of rules for how it's supposed to be done kind of annoys me, and I'll create my own rules. That's no problem.
0: Well, the thing is, is like when you don't have any structure like that, it I think it stifles innovation and it stifles being able to be creative and, um, you don't, you aren't necessarily as productive.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Productivity. (laughs) No, uh, just, just reminds me of, uh, when I was back in college, I had guys like, how did you get all this stuff done? How did you run three clubs, go to school, go to work, uh, have a girlfriend? How do you do it all? Well, look at my calendar right here. Look at my, See what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Talking to you, talking to you. Mm. It's
0: in my calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I, I learned when I, uh, at the start of this podcast, like for the majority of it, I would, what are you doing? <laughs> are you good? Um, at the, yeah, see, that's important. That's important. <laughs> it really is. Um, this is, this is what I had to do. I had to create an online schedule because it got to the point where for one, it was unmanageable to schedule all these podcasts because people are just signing wanting to do it like crazy. And then I would have to like try to figure out what time works like to like with the, our podcast, mm. you and I negotiated the time, yeah. but I would have to do that with everybody. And then everybody doesn't necessarily have the same availability as I do. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just create my availability and then they can just sign up for whatever works. Yeah. And, um, and then it also created organization for me because then I didn't have to worry about like, okay, I got to put this in my calendar. It just automatically appears. And, it's helped me tremendously. So I've created this online calendar and, uh, yeah. So every day, you know, I know what I'm, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And like for me, you know, I don't have like the kind of job where you have, where you travel or you have to have appointments. You have to be at like certain places at a certain time. Like I go to work and I'm there till the same time every day. Kill for that. Oh, no, you wouldn't. (laughs) No, no, there, I think there's a sense of freedom in a sense for you. Um, like yes, you have to be tra- you have to be at these certain places, you have to travel, you have to get there, you have to be there certain times, but you also have freedom. Well, yeah, I,
1: I told my boss, I'm not going to this job next thir- next Friday. I'm going Thursday. I'm flying <laughs> on Friday. I'm going to have the weekend off. Wow I mean, that's just the kind of freedom I have, but at the same time, sure, I'm getting paid a crap ton of money, but I'm st- only work I'm still working from seven a.m. to sometimes midnight. Whoa! Uh, Do you think it's worth it? Is it worth
0: it? As far great,
1: great experience, fantastic people I'm working with, fantastic industry. Everybody else that I'm working with is also working those hours. Not just my job, but also the doctors, the nurses. Right. I mean, they're also twenty four seven. So everybody else understands you and has empathy for your for that you just work. You've been working all day.
0: Yeah. Um, what I mean by worth it, I don't mean like the company you're working for, like, is it worth it? Is it worth working there? What I mean is like, is it worth like working that much? um, And not having the capability of being, I guess, as free as you want, even though you're making really good money, is it worth it being free and creative?
1: Oh, oh trust me. I would, I would, that's why I was saying I would rather at least be, have the end of the day that you're forced to be done with it. Mm. Yeah, have that four stop time. Uh, but well, yeah, that's why that's I want to become my own, get my own company, so I can work twenty four seven.
0: Well, eventually you wouldn't, but um, no, no. that's the thing too about like with my job. Like I love my job. Well, I shouldn't say that. I don't love my job. However, I love the fact that I can go to work, plug my headphones in, listen to a podcast, do my job, leave at four o'clock every day, and then not think about going to work. Again, until the next day. Yep. And then I can focus on other things. Like, I don't have that in the back of my head. Like, oh, man, I got I got to get that paperwork done. I got to send an email. Like, I got to do these things for work. Um, Which is one reason why I would never want to, like, be a group leader or, like, a, a manager at GM. Because a lot of those people, they have to stay later. They have to send emails after after hours. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into it. That And you're constantly having to think about it. You're never separated for, from the job, even though you get paid really well. Yeah. I don't know if but it's yeah. worth it. That's what
1: I'm saying. Eventually I'm, I'm going to want to, I already told my company this. They don't, even if they, someone from my <laughs> company was listening, you now. they all know the deal that I'm only going to be there for maybe a couple more years. Yeah. Cause this is my first, well, sorry, my first job out of college was actually working as a DevOps engineer, uh, working on servers and setting up servers for data management. Mm. Um, that's what that is. Uh, this is my second job out of, out of college. Um, the one thing I like about it is more hands-on. I hate being stuck at a desk. Mm. So even if I'm traveling, it is a whole lot better than being stuck behind a computer doing paperwork all day. Right, right. A whole lot better. I mean, that's why eventually I want to get back into research, start my own company, uh, developing products for people. I mean, just, I feel like a lot, every job's making a difference, but I could be making a whole lot more difference d- developing.
0: Yeah, And you seem like a, like a real thought out, like creative individual. Like you, you working for another company is almost in a sense, like stifling yourself. Like you're not, you're not putting yourself to your full potential.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's about right. No, uh, no. And I already talked to my wife about this where I'm going to start getting a bunch of, uh, a bunch of different tools, Arduinos and whatnot and start, Uh, programming them up, catting out, doing all my, my own, uh, engineering for this, for my own products. Whoa. It doesn't cost that much money. It costs a few hundred bucks. Cause my, my biggest rule though is have an idea and have a plan before you buy the tools. Mm. That way the tools are at least worth it. You have a plan for them. You know what you want to do with them. Yeah. Um, and even before all that, do market research.
0: Is there a pretty big market for, for this? I mean, obviously there is, but what I, mean, I guess what I mean is there, is there a lot of competition.
1: Uh, <clears throat> there's a fair amount of competition. It's just about finding your niche. Mm. So a lot of the competition focuses on the knees, the elbows. Okay. Uh, the shoulders are the hardest to work with, so there's not as much competition for that. Uh, the back, there's some competition, but again, it's kind of hard to focus on the back. There's so many joints. Yeah. People, I mean, the shoulder, or the elbows and knees, just a two-dimensional joint. Just yeah. Two degrees of freedom. Right. Deal.
2: Right. Or just one
1: degree at that point. Um, <laughs> but it's just once you start getting into more complexity. So it, it's just like, oh, I was talking about technology. The easy things have already been grabbed at. The easy things have already been done. It's just going out and working at the harder things.
0: And that's what you want to do. Yeah. I could tell. Oh, man.
1: I, I, love, I love the difficulty. Um, it's just going to take a whole lot longer to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only problem.
0: Yeah. Well, I believe you could do it. Oh yeah, I can. Yeah. I'll, I'll get there.
1: <laughs> I'll get there. No, I'm going to enjoy Oh man. I'm going to enjoy my life so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love working on things. I God, when I was in school, my, my girlfriend at the time, she was, she hated how much I would work. Mm. I would work from 6am till one in the morning oh, every day. gosh. No problem. I, my ADHD just had no problem dealing with that. <laughs> just problem after problem after problem. All right, let's go. Oh my God. Uh, so it's just figuring out from my, from my point of view, scheduling yourself so they you can give your loved ones time to mm, yeah to spend with them. So it's just, so you're not always focused on work. Yeah, That's always the hardest thing for me is just ensuring that I'm dedicating enough time.
2: Yeah.
0: That is the hard part about life. Like, especially when you're trying to pursue something that you want to like, eventually be successful in doing like for me, like doing this podcast takes a lot of time. So like, especially cause I work mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're going to work too, as you're kind of working on this eventually yep. and like trying to find that time outside of your scheduled hours to, to make this thing work and then make your family life work. It, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to find that balance. Yeah,
1: it's kind of hard to pay for your, pay your bills with blood and sweat.
0: Yes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Send that, send that
1: bag into the bank. Yep. Yep. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's going to be an amazing next couple of years, but as long as you have dedication, I mean, I think anybody can do it.
0: I think dedication and hard work. Yep. And that's something that's not necessarily um, talked about a lot. Like it, like uh, people want to glamorize like um, success, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, like they're kind of an overnight success, but it takes a lot of work to get there. And people don't see that they don't see that part. Like somebody may see, like know you from school Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, that guy was super smart, but they don't, they haven't seen you through the last 10 years and what you've been up to. And then all of a sudden they may see you start this prosthetic company and they're like, Holy cow. I know that guy. (laughs) Like he's an overnight success. Yeah. Overnight. (laughs) Ten years overnight, but they don't realize that you stayed up from 6am to one o'clock in the morning working on whatever it was or researching whatever it was in order to get to that point.
1: I mean, I, I like to use this example a lot to people. When I was taking Calculus 3, sure, I'm smart. I took Calculus 3, What? I spent 50 hours a week studying for that class, doing problem after problem until the problems on the exam looked exactly like the problems that I was studying. Mm. Every single time the teacher would throw a problem on the board and it would be the exact same problem I saw yesterday. I think it's just about putting the time in, uh, and that that will get you everywhere in the world if you just put the time in. Yeah put it in effectively. Can't really say that just putting time in, moving bricks around the house will will <laughs> will do anything, but right. Just making sure you're putting in the time in the right place that matters to you this is just where will will get you where you wanted to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like that in any any pursue anything you do in life. Like you don't have to be a genius in order to be successful in like calculus, like you had mentioned. Like if like I I suck at math. I've always sucked at math. But it's not something that I've Actively put the time into like trying to be better at.
1: I failed trig in high school.
0: I feel I I think you're upset about that still.
1: <laughs> well, considering I got up to calculus four in in college, I know I'm not. Yeah. No, I'm no. I'm saying I failed it in high school, meaning
0: you didn't put the time in.
1: I didn't put the time in. I didn't really care as much. Um. Yeah, it, and it's also to say it, it, there's there is no innate genius that will get you anywhere in life. Yeah. Even if I was innately good at math, it wouldn't have mattered without putting the time into going to the classes, spending time studying, and whatnot. It's just putting it in.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about all that makes me tired a little bit.
0: <laughs> Man, has time flown? Oh, yeah. I, I'm still like thinking about like, the last time I seen you. You, you honestly haven't changed much. You're still really tall. Yeah, you're still like built.
1: I wasn't built in. I was a a bean pole.
0: No, you were like broad. Yeah. Yeah, you've always been kind of broad, at least broader than me. I was scrawny, if you remember.
1: (laughs) Kind (laughs) of. Yeah, I kind of remember you. You're a little bit scrawny.
0: Yeah, I was scrawny, and I think I might have weighed like maybe 160. It's
1: not bad. Yeah. I think I weighed like 180 back then.
0: Okay. Yeah, you were kind of scrawny slightly, but like your upper body was
1: broad. Guess how much I weigh right now.
0: I'm going to say 200.
1: 230.
0: 2.30. 2.30. Holy cow.
1: A lot of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that. Uh, traveling kind of killed that a little bit.
0: Traveling is very difficult to work out. That's yeah. like one thing I wish I could be better at. Even if you stay in a hotel that has a gym, I always try to make it in a point to like if I go out of town for something and I'm in a hotel that has a gym, I try to go to work out at least for 20 minutes. Yep. But even then it's difficult because you're not eating the normal food that you would typically eat at home. Like your, your routine is just thrown off.
1: I mean, the biggest thing I do is I bring my own protein shakes. I pack Mm -hmm. in my uh, checked bag and whatnot, protein shakes and whatnot, uh, meal replacement bars or other type of protein bars or not. It's just about planning it out. Yeah. I think traveling, you can make yourself still, you can still be healthy traveling as long as you are committed. Yeah.
0: Um, it's hard. It is hard. <laughs> it is very hard. You definitely have to be committed. But yeah. typically whenever I'm going out of town, it's like a, a rush thing. Like I'm it's a cheat day. just just got out of work and we're going to Columbus, Ohio to go to a comedy show or something. And it's like, okay, we need to hurry up and pack and just go. And then we get there and we're like, crap. <laughs> do, you, do you do comedy? No, I want to though. Oh, okay. No, I've thought about it. Actually, like in
1: your, your own comedy show?
2: <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I wish. I, I want to. I want to try it. Okay.
1: Try it. Go for it.
0: I thought about it. I actually was just talking to that comedian the other day and he was like, you should try it.
1: I mean, it's just about, I mean, you should have, uh, and it's going to be a little bit different than this because you actually have to look people in the eyes when the audience in the eyes while you're talking. But it's just, yeah, just go up on to an open stage, open mic night or something somewhere. Yeah. And doing karaoke even. Yeah. It's just getting used to the being up there in front of people and being yourself.
0: That was one thing, like, with this podcast, like, if if you go and listen to the beginning of these episodes, don't, please don't, but <laughs> if you do... I thought it was fine. If you do, it was one of those things, like, I've never done this, like, I, over the years um, from school, like, I, mm-hmm. I've kind of, like, like over the years, like, started distancing myself from people, and then you work in the factory, you're kind of secluded from, like, outside life, and so, like, you kind of become almost antisocial in a sense, and that's one thing I realized about myself. Like I wasn't like, I mean, because you get used to the people that are around you at work. You you already know them. Like there's, you don't really go outside of that box, but by doing this podcast, you have to put yourself out there. And I didn't realize how difficult that would be when I started this. So it's like, I, I would literally be three minutes in to a, a podcast, like interviewing somebody. Um, Like I interviewed the mayor of Lansing and I think it was like 10 minutes in. And I'm like, I don't know what else to ask you. I'm just like looking at him like, uh, ask, so
1: ask him if so there's any smog problems in Lansing or how the road work. Why isn't the road being done?
0: We talked about the roads, yeah. <laughs> talked about the roads. We talked about all kinds of gun violence and all kinds of things. And uh, yeah, it took a whole 10 minutes and mm. I was like, I don't know any what new else
1: community to Community de- development center uptown. I don't know. Yeah. There's A lot going on in Lansing.
0: there is, there, there is a lot, and that's one thing. By doing. and that's what,
1: and that's yeah. It just takes a lot of structure when you're when you're meeting those professional people. Yeah, just to have all those questions ready.
0: Yeah, yeah. I typically like when I'm interviewing like somebody who's r- running for like an office of some sort, or like, um, I guess there hasn't really been too many of those. But typically, I'll have like a, a somewhat of an outline, or I'll ask the general public. Uh, what they would like to know.
1: Or here, here's one, the relation between, because you know after that Nassar case at MSU? Yeah. All of the other health uh, care providers, they divided up. They will, they they just distanced themselves very far away from MSU. Really? They just broke all relationships. See. And I'm sure the mayor of Lansing would have been right in the middle of that. Mm. I'm just saying, just some of those kind of things. Hmm. Just cool questions about what's going on around the community. Yeah, even adjacent. I mean, you could even talk about uh, the Flint water crisis. I'm sure he's yeah some way involved with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm just I'm just giving you ideas for for, for few, future for, for future conversations yeah. to have with people. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah, they have a lot of information. They, I'm sure they even talk to uh, communities in, in the UP. Yeah, those kind of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But yeah. yeah. I don't like those podcasts though. I don't really like talking to politicians. Like, well, no, it it's not fun.
1: But sometimes they have inside knowledge in certain situations that you just don't yeah. have, and, I, and that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. Not really yeah. inside knowledge, just
0: uh, a different in, perspective, more in depth perspective. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah, I enjoy like podcasts like this, like yeah. where I'm talking to a friend or somebody that I kind of know. Like it, it's more interesting. It's more comfortable.
1: Well, yeah. Oh yeah, these are this is so much better. I mean, I've done plenty of interviews, scientific interviews. I've had uh videos for me teaching the science community how to take care of octopuses. Mm-hmm. I've I've done those kind of videos. That's cool. Um so this is a lot more relaxing. I'm just sitting here just having a conversation. Yeah.
0: Kind of this is the exact conversation we we're having before we even started. Right, exactly. Recording. That's why I was like we just need to start recording. Yeah. <laughs> um that's what I wanted to do. I didn't really want it to be this formulated thing because like I've tried, I tried the formulated thing and I realized real quick that I was just kind of writing like bullet points and then I'd be like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'd ask this question and then I'd have to try to find a, a way to segue into the next question. And it, and then sometimes like if we, if you get to talk and it's a really interesting conversation, like, you want to continue talking about that or it segues into something different as opposed Mm -hmm. to, and then you got to try to find a way to get back. And it's like, you know what? I'd rather just talk. And if there are points, I'll write them down and then I'll come back to it later. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I, I, I think this for me works, but that's um, good for somebody like you, who's doing like a more scientific and factual podcast. Like you obviously, and you're, you're more structured than me. You'll want to write notes.
1: <laughs> well, I've even seen some podcasts. They'd have like just tell us about what you're currently doing, and at the very end, the last ten minutes, they would have kind of questions like uh, just follow up questions mm. or something. So at least at least ten minutes are filled with structure. But then, so it, the entire thing doesn't need to be structured. Just the last
2: right, just some part of it, right, right.
1: Um, just to, just to have some good content. Yeah, questions that you want to ask. Yeah, but that's how I would probably do it.
0: Okay. Would you do it like uh, like this kind of setup where you'd sit down with other people and just talk about things and eventually, eventually? Because my my work has me
1: traveling a lot. Uh, I would probably first start my podcast just by myself, uh, going over research topics that's going on, and then eventually bringing in people that's that wrote those. That'd or even, be so cool. Uh, and then discussing fine points of like why didn't you do this or why didn't you do that. Uh, within your research Mm -hmm. or do you have any other further conclusions based on what you currently did? I would never go into statistics. I mean, some people like statistics. What do you mean? A lot of people. What is the current error rate within this one product that you're currently developing? Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Just just hard depth statistics that only people that's working with that would understand or even care about.
0: I don't know. I think the general public would care.
1: You think the general public would care about statistic rates?
0: Absolutely, because I've interviewed people um who are chronic pain patients. Okay. And one of the ladies that I interviewed, she actually I interviewed a couple of them and they talk about one of the things big things they talk about is how these doctors push um these devices into their like they want to install these devices into their like their their spine and then they do it In order, because the thing is, is like the doctors will say that they won't help them any further until they do these things. Mm -hmm. And generally, the outcome of that is not very good.
1: Well, here's where I would differ from just saying a straight statistics. I would compare it to another procedure that people would more readily understand. Mm. Like uh, it has the same chances you having open heart surgery or you having your limb cut off or something. Right. I, I would compare it with another type of another comparable statistic, uh, for another procedure that they would uh, understand. That way, it's not sixty-six per, or forty percent. Right. People are like, oh, that's not like a good statistic. But then you would talk about a pr- another procedure that is more commonly done, and that makes it more relatable.
0: Right. Right. That's important. I think that's very important. Yes. I think you should do statistics.
1: Uh, that's what I, yeah that, that, sorry that's what I meant when I, went, I wouldn't be doing statistics I would be right you'd be comparing them again my, my whole point of uh, being a scientist and being a researcher and whatnot is also being able to communicate correctly with the audience um, not just putting out these bland numbers that right nobody sure, understands <laughs> I, would, I would put into a research paper I would definitely put all that stuff in a research paper but I, when I'm talking to somebody I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking statistics I would be talking what's relatable
0: Right, right. Wow that that's a really good idea, mm-hmm. extremely good idea. What would you call your podcast? Or do you not want to put that out there yet? <laughs> biomedical today.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. What's, ha- what's happening in the biomedical community? <laughs> kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think I, I think it has great potential to be a really good podcast, really big.
1: I mean, I haven't seen anything out there like it. Yeah. I mean. Some software engineering podcasts, sure, but nothing about what's currently happening in research. But yeah, I think I think that's gonna be a good hit if I ever decide to do it. You need to. <laughs> well, my mo- my more priority is uh, developing products. Yeah, developing yeah. new. Re- if I would rather put my time into that, I mean, sure, there's no there's really no good um, reason why not to do something, but at the same time, there's also time management.
0: <laughs> absolutely but if you could do something to where you you just take notes like when you're traveling I don't know what, what you do when you're traveling if you're preparing for another meeting or whatever it is but if you could just take notes on what you would like to talk about in an episode and then you just record it and then you could pay somebody even to like upload the 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 interview or edit things and then you don't have to worry about that portion
1: yeah well, how much did I go for usually like 50 bucks?
0: Honestly, bucks? I don't know. I do everything myself, yeah. so I don't know. It, it, it's definitely worth paying somebody though.
1: Yeah. What do you have like an intro or something that you, yeah. like a cool music intro? I
0: have, um, I, I've, uh, I have
1: not listened to your most recent ones. I listened to like one or two of your first ones.
0: So yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Um, <laughs> my old intro, like in the beginning was like me kind of explaining what that episode was about. And I think I might've had some music and stuff but over time it's changed and so i think i used to have like uh have like a video uh with like my logo and stuff that would like fade in and with some music or whatever i used that for a while and then now what i do is i just jump right into the interview um and so what i do is like i'll take the logo the little video logo and that'll play right at the beginning as i'm talking like as we're starting the episode so I don't know. It's one of those things that just keeps evolving.
1: Yeah, every person has their own preference yeah. and what they what they want to do.
0: And I just it's for me it's been so, like a learning experience like what works and what doesn't, you know, cuz like I would notice that by the st- you know, statistics um in the vi- in each video that people would start checking out at mm-hmm. the beginning. And maybe it was because I wasn't making it interesting enough. Um maybe maybe I needed to do something different. However, it's, one of those things that like, I just didn't know, like Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't know how to do anything. Really? Yeah.
1: Well, I guess if, yeah, if you tell, if you tell the entire story at the very start, why would you continue? Yeah. It's like, it's like putting the beginning of the book at the, at the front.
0: Yeah. It was just like a pre, like a a, little preview of everything. And so now like what I, what I try to do for each episode is I'll, especially the really interesting and fun Mm -hmm. ones. Um, I'll, before I release the episode, I go through and I take little clips from the episode and then I upload it to social media. That way people can see these like reels or these little TikTok videos of like what the episode was about or what we talked okay. about so that when they, they know what to expect and it kind of draws people in.
1: Oh, this episode is going to go right in the trash. Probably no, absolutely just, just not. Just right in the trash. He's boring. <laughs> Doesn't know anything. He's just, he's a lame scientist. Uh, he's he's an idiot. He doesn't an do anything. No.
0: He's just from Charlotte. Yep. Charlotte. <laughs> you actually might get a lot of people from Charlotte listening to this. Really? Yeah. Who knows?
1: Uh, that'd be kinda of
0: neat. It would be. Uh, yeah, no, this was a really good podcast. Honestly. Like I feel like you explained a lot of in depth stuff in layman's terms. Like I I was good. able to understand most of the, everything you talked about. Well that's good. Yeah. And yeah, you didn't yeah. come off as like, like I'm smarter than pretentious. You. pretentious. Yeah,
1: Pretentious. Yes. Yeah. Just to really be pretentious about it. I'll, I'll say that word pretentious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So we're literally an hour and 16 minutes into this thing.
1: Yep. I've yep. noticed.
0: Yeah. Do you want to wrap it up?
1: Yep. Let's wrap it up.
0: All right, cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to mention?
1: Uh, in the region, I'll throw in uh, my sister's dog grooming business, Pups and Suds. Okay. Where's she that did, at? Uh, she is in South Lansing over in Marcy, Marcy Street, uh, but she does uh, mobile dog grooming business. Okay. So she cool. likes to uh, drive. She'll drive around and go right to your house and take care of your dog there.
0: She does it in the house or does she have a vehicle? She has a, she or... has
1: a, she has a uh, mobile van.
0: Oh, very cool. And it has like a sink and all yep. that stuff in it. Yep. Yep. That's really cool. Um, that's on the south side right of lansing yep
1: all right yeah cool. her name is stephanie gray
0: stephanie gray okay reach yeah. out to stephanie gray and uh do you have social media or anything you want people to follow you any of that stuff
1: feel free to follow me tyler okay. van buren
0: <laughs>
1: all right <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on everything
0: all right and then um oh. when you start your podcast uh i'll uh, go back and attach the links to that in this episode all right so, sounds good and i'm i'm super excited about that all right man all right all right thanks well, thank again thank you yeah thank you uh will